No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. What happens when the man who saved the world grows a vineyard and has too much to drink? The result may surprise you. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Genesis chapter 9, right here on Simply the Bible. Now I remember as a child in Sunday school hearing the story of Noah and the ark umpteen times, but I can't ever recall hearing today's story. Noah was truly an amazing man. Of all the people on the planet, he was the one person who found grace in the eyes of the Lord, and we all have him to thank for our existence, as do the birds, animals, and creeping things. But today we will see that Noah was still a man with a sinful nature. We pick it up in Genesis 9:18. Now the sons of Noah who went out of the ark were Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And Ham was the father of Canaan. These three were the sons of Noah, and from these the whole earth was populated. It was a new beginning on earth. The entire world would descend from Noah's three sons. Canaan is mentioned as the son of Ham. The reason will become clear as the story unfolds. Verse 20, And Noah began to be a farmer, and he planted a vineyard. Then he drank of the wine and was drunk and became uncovered in his tent. Now for a great period of time, up to 70 years, Noah had been a shipbuilder. Then he was a ship captain for a little over a year. After the flood, he began to be a farmer. He had a career change at the age of 600. Now farming is good, honest work, and Noah was industrious, way past retirement age. Consider all that Noah had been through. God had spoken to him and warned him about the impending flood. He gave him the plans for the ark and Noah did everything he was commanded to do. For the entire time, he was a preacher of righteousness. And when the flood came, he continued to obey the Lord until they finally rested on dry ground and disembarked the ark. In all these trials, Noah walked with God and was faithful. But it was when the trials had passed that Noah planted a vineyard, drank the wine, and got drunk. Then he stripped himself in his tent, leaving himself naked and exposed. Often the most dangerous time in a person's life is when life is good. When we are dealing with trials, especially heavy-duty ones, we lean on the Lord. We trust in Him because we know that without Him, we're dead meat. But after the storm passes and we have free time on our hands, that's when we lower our guard and get into trouble. David was far safer fighting the Philistine giants than he was alone on his own terrace in Jerusalem. And Noah, this amazing man who found grace in the eyes of the Lord, showed that he had a sinful nature like the rest of us. He drank too much wine, got drunk, and exposed himself. Now, why didn't they teach me this in Sunday school? Verse 22. And Ham, the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of his father and told his two brothers outside. Ham had four sons, of whom Canaan was likely the youngest. Again, Canaan is singled out. 
Remember, Moses wrote all this down for the nation of Israel who would go into the land of Canaan and subdue it. He was giving them a history lesson on the Canaanites. Now, Ham saw his father's nakedness and told Shem and Japheth. The idea is that he exposed his father's sin in a derogatory way. There is something perverse in humans that we delight in knowing the dirt on someone else. And then we take it a step further and pass it on to others. Somehow it makes us feel better about ourselves. But that is not love and it is not the way of Christ. In 1 Corinthians 13, 6, we are told that love does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. In Proverbs 17, 9, we read, Whoever covers an offense seeks love, but he who repeats a matter separates close friends. Now you may say, but it's true. It may be true, but is it spoken in love? The Bible tells us to speak the truth in love. Would you want someone else to say the same thing about you? The sin of repeating a matter is doubly bad when it is about a parent. The first commandment on the second tablet of the Ten Commandments is to honor your father and mother. This is a commandment with a promise that we may live a long life. When Ham told his brothers what their father had done, it was derogatory and dishonorable. Verse 23. But Shem and Japheth took a garment, laid it on both their shoulders, and went backward and covered the nakedness of their father. Their faces were turned away and they did not see their father's nakedness. Shem and Japheth are the heroes in this story. They're the only ones who acted in an honorable way. Rather than gazing upon their father's nakedness as Ham did, they took a garment and covered their father's nakedness without ever seeing him. How wise this was. Not only did it show deep respect, but they spared themselves the visual of seeing their dad sprawled out naked in his tent. The mind is such that it holds on to images it sees. If only people would consider this truth before looking at pornography. Like an image retained on film, once the image is in the mind, it's very difficult to get rid of. It's far better to follow Job's example and make a covenant with our eyes not to look to begin with. Verse 24. So Noah awoke from his wine and knew what his younger son had done to him. Then he said, Cursed be Canaan, a servant of servants. He shall be to his brethren. Noah finally slept off his drunkenness and knew what his younger son had done. We're not told how he knew, but he uttered scathing words against Canaan Why did he curse his grandson rather than Ham? We don't know. We can only assume that he had seen a trait in Canaan that he knew was wrong. The sin of the father was magnified in his son. But now, because Ham had sinned, Canaan received the curse. Is this fair? It is true that God will visit the iniquity of the parents on their children, especially when the children persist in the sin of their parents. But it is equally true that God will relent from judging the children if they humble themselves and repent of their sins. History would prove Noah's words. Canaan would become a terribly perverse and abominable nation. Their iniquity would ripen to the point that God would command the Israelites to wipe them out. 
the Canaanites, whom the Israelites failed to wipe out, would become servants of Israel. Noah's words may have been true, but there is something tragic about a grandfather cursing his grandson. And we wonder if this whole scenario would have been avoided if Noah had not gotten drunk to begin with. We also wonder how Ham's character affected his son Canaan. As a parent, it is always grievous to see your sins reflected in your children. And it is even more grievous when they are multiplied. We may think that it is a little sin, but the perverse human nature is such that it will take sin to the next level. Children naturally sin and lack the wisdom of restraint. So they easily multiply the sins of their parents. If David has eight wives, then Solomon has 700 wives and 300 concubines. Every sin we commit is like a pebble thrown in a lake. We have no idea how far the ripples will travel. Verse 26, And he said, Blessed be the Lord, the God of Shem, and may Canaan be his servant. May God enlarge Japheth, and may he dwell in the tents of Shem, and may Canaan be his servant. Now, Japheth was the firstborn son, but Shem was mentioned first. The reason? Shem would be the father of the Semitic peoples. In fact, the word Semitic is a derivative from Shem. It is interesting that Noah blessed the God of Shem and not Shem himself. This suggests that Shem was already in a covenant relationship with the Lord and that Noah knew the promised seed would come from him. Noah made Canaan Shem's servant, which of course would happen when Israel conquered the promised land. The European nations would come from Japheth which of course would include the colonization of America. Descendants of Japheth living in Asia Minor would eventually subjugate the Canaanites. Certainly, Japheth was enlarged as many of the great world political leaders would come from him. But what are we to make of Japheth dwelling in the tents of Shem? We must wait until the New Testament to get the full revelation, for God has united Gentiles and Jews into one people in Christ. Galatians 3.28 says, There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. By and large, it was Gentiles who were descended from Japheth, living in the Mediterranean world, who received the gospel of Jesus Christ and took it to the ends of the earth. They have become Abraham's seed through faith in Jesus Christ and heirs according to God's promise to Abraham that through his seed, all the nations of the earth would be blessed. In this way, Japheth has dwelt in the tents of Shem. Of course, descendants of Ham who believe in Jesus Christ also dwell in the tents of Shem. Verse 28. Noah lived after the flood 350 years, so all the days of Noah were 950 years, and he died. Because of the long lifespans, when Adam died, Noah's father, Lamech, was 56 years old. Then Noah was born, and he lived one-third of the time from the creation to the flood. He lived 350 years after the flood, 
and died two years before Abraham was born. When Shem died at the age of 600, Abraham was 150 years old. Theoretically, Adam could have passed the creation account to Lamech, who told Noah, who told Shem, who told Abraham. The flood destroyed the world that was, but the new world was still plagued with sin because sin remains in the heart of man. Yet even in the midst of man's sin, God was preparing the world for the one who was coming, who would take away the sins of the world and deliver all mankind from the curse. Great men of God fall into sin, often in the latter stages of life. Indulgences that they avoided when younger, they allow when they are older, thinking that now they're strong enough to handle it or smart enough to get away with it. But such thinking is neither strong nor smart, but self-deceiving. Noah was not the only man to walk in integrity while the world was watching, but indulge and expose himself in the privacy of his own home. May we all be more acutely aware of how weak we are and how easily we stumble. And if we fall, then it could mean that our children or grandchildren will fall even harder. May God help us to run well and finish well. And if we have fallen, then may we embrace God's grace and get up again. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. They meet Sunday mornings at 1030 at Pepperidge Elementary School in Boise. To listen to any of Pastor Daryl's teachings or to find out more about the church, just go to their website at calvarytv.org. That's calvarytv.org. You're also going to find an email address there and, well, we'd love to hear from you. Join us tomorrow as we trace the origin of all nations from Noah's three sons on Simply the Bible.